Hello, everybody. Welcome to Another Bottle Down. This is a radio show and a podcast about wine and the wine industry. We broadcast on the airwaves on 91.7 FM in Austin, Texas on Co-op Radio, and then, of course, distribute this podcast worldwide uh, via iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to check out the archive and and, uh, and, and see anybody, any guests that I've had who, who might be uh, of interest to you, or if you've heard something, haven't uh, thought about it in a while, re-listen. It's, it's really a wonderful resource. I'm actually re-listening all the time and, and learn things that I've forgotten, didn't focus on. So uh, search the iTunes store, Another Bottle Down Radio, and uh, would love if you gave a, a good rating to the show, or, or just rate the show and maybe leave a comment as to... Uh, something that you've learned or, or something about the show that you've enjoyed. The comments and the ratings really help in the iTunes store. So thank you so much for doing that. On today's show, we're going to be talking all about Burgundy with producer, fifth generation producer, Henri Boyot. He is really quite famous for his white wines. He owns the largest white uh, wine monopole, or Chardonnay monopole, in the Côte de Beaune, in all of Burgundy, called Clos de la Mouchère, and has very, very strong opinions on how, uh, how to make white wine, how to make white Burgundy, and how to avoid the, the condition called Primox, which is a sort of premature oxidation that has been really hotly debated over the last couple of years in Burgundy. So he tells us how, um, how his, uh, his impressions, and, and he's really studied this quite a bit, so great to get, get all of the feedback from him. And, uh, and, and, you know, it leads us into all topics, Burgundy, climate change, and, uh, and, and all of the things that are really present to, uh, to, to winemakers in Burgundy. So I think that you're going to really enjoy this. I definitely did. Uh, we're going to start off the show by having Henri uh, give a little history of his family in French. So it's going to be a little bit of, a, of a, a, just a couple minutes of him talking in French. And then we do uh, translate it. Michelle helps out with the translations. And then we uh, conduct most of the interview in English. And, uh, and I try and clarify things along the way if, uh, if uh, the, the translation is not so clear. So uh, I hope you really do enjoy. Here's Henri Boyot. Michel Thibault and Marla Norman. La famille Boyot est une vieille famille bourguignonne. Moi, je suis la cinquième génération à exercer euh, le métier de, de viticulteur et de vinificateur. Mais c'est mon grand-père Henri Boyot qui a effectivement euh, lancé la famille dans le monde du vin au début des années euh, 1900. Après est arrivé mon père, Jean Boyot, qui a eu le bonheur et la chance d'épouser euh, Colette Sauzet, qui est la fille d'Étienne Sauzet, donc euh, grand domaine aussi euh, bourguignon, installé à Puligny-Montrachet. Donc moi, mes deux passions sont... D'un côté, j'ai eu un père à Volnay, et de l'autre côté, j'ai eu une mère à Puligny-Montrachet, donc c'est pour cela qu'aujourd'hui, euh, ces deux villages sont les plus importants pour moi, parce que j'ai deux pieds et ce sont mes racines, c'est mon sang, c'est la chose la plus importante de ma vie, c'est Volney et Puligny. On pourrait m'offrir des plus beaux terroirs partout, mais je sais que je suis ici et je resterai dans ces deux villages majeurs pour moi. Excellent. So, do you understand so well, far? Let's give us, so Michel, why don't you give us a little so essentially, flavor? Uh, essentially, his family tree, he's a fifth generation, uh, and he says the, um, his, uh, um, uh, Jean Boyot started everything from his, uh, on his father's side, and on his mother's, uh, uh, on the other side, it's uh, uh, the daughter of Etienne Sauzé, also a very famous, obviously, producer. And uh, so uh, from his, uh, from one side, his roots are in Volnay, and for the other side of the family, his roots are in Puigny-Montrachet, which make those two villages the most important parts of the world for him. Yeah. And he says, I could be offered property elsewhere. It makes no difference. My roots are right there in those two villages. 
Concernant la famille Boyot et la famille Sauzé, il n'y a eu jamais eu rapprochement des vignes du domaine Sauzé avec les vignes du domaine Boyot. Tout a toujours resté séparé. C'est la chose la plus importante. Et tous les vins blancs qui sont dans la famille Boyot étaient depuis toujours dans la famille Boyot et la famille Sauzé. Moi qui étais copropriétaire de la, de la, du, du domaine Sauzé, je n'ai jamais ramené les vignes que j'avais dans ma production. Yeah, interesting, even though the two families were, you know, one, he says they always kept, you know, business and, and uh, wines and vines separated. So as, even though he was a co-owner of Sauzé, he never, uh, um, you know, never vinified uh, under that one name, if you will. Mm. So always kept it separate. But yeah, it is true what you're saying as far as the... Uh, Uh, families uh, parceling out, uh, you know, marriages are obviously very important. So, uh, um, oh, well, we, we, have a f we, we, we have friends in Alsace, and where they saw with a great pleasure that uh, two sides of family, Spar, you know, Pierre Spar sure. family, where they, the, um, they were happy to see that their son and a daughter... They, they promote the matches. Uh, uh, they promote the matches. You know, it's, yeah, it's a, I mean, if it works out, why not? You know? Sure. So. Yeah. But, but you've got a pretty good chance of somebody in your region owning a, la a land, right? It's just the pedigree at that point. Sure, sure. Il parle des mariages de famille qui... C'est quarter of a hectare. Mais non, on est toujours resté. Oui, oui. Mais enfin, mais ça se passe quand même. Ça se passe toujours comme ça. Mais ça se passe. Et c'est toujours en train. Il faut toujours faire différemment. But you, he says you always have to take the other road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Henri Boyot. Uh, my family is a very old family in Burgundy. Uh, me is uh, today the five generation wow. with wow. a winemaker. My son Guillaume is a, a winemaker for the red wine only because the white wine needs me. <laughs> Very important. Right. And in Burgundy, your region is really famous for the whites, right? Can you describe where you are in Burgundy, fifth generation? Yes, in Burgundy, for me, uh, it's very important, the, the, the tradition, the dynasty. Because uh, the Burgundy is a very, very small country, and the, the family is very, very important, the, The big important in the Burgundy is the transmission What for the job. <laughs> the very transmission. Transmission. It's a very important. Can you describe that? And we can move to French if... Uh, but I know you're trying to be poetic, perhaps. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. From generation to generation. Generation on generation. Right. Very important. Is no Bordeaux, is Burgund. <laughs> right, right, right. So describe that, that, that difference, because I think a lot of listeners out there, they might know Bordeaux, where it is, they might know Burgundy, but we have you here in the co-op studios. What does it feel like to be a, a, a man from Burgundy? No, the difference is in Bordeaux is a very small estate. Because uh, the big, the big estate in Burgundy is uh, 15, 15 hectares only. Wow. The great, the great estate is 15 hectares. In Bordeaux, very, very, very big, very, very short, 15 hectares. Right. <laughs> in in Burgundy, the difference is no only wine. My production, I produce thirsty wine, different wine. 30 different wines yes. out of how much uh, land? All wine, one barrels, two barrels, very, very, very exceptional. Right. Wow. So 30 different wines mm. out of how many hectares do you have? Uh, I, am, uh, I have uh, 19 hectares. 19 hectares. Okay, which is around 40, 48 or so acres. And my produce uh, 70% wine, wine. 70% white wine. Oh, yes. And et 70% et 20, 20 wines uh, for the white. 20 white. different whites. For the white. Uh, for me, the, the particularity is for the white wines, the big barrels. The first time in uh, 90, 
is a big barrel is 350 liters. Very important because the wood is very delicate. Yeah. Very freshness. Et very important for me, never, never, never batonnage. Never batonnage. Yeah. Wow. Yes, because it's a, it's a big problem, batonnage. And the, the fait partie de, it's an element for the premox. Hmm. Because batonnage, the carbonic gas with a issue, comme on dit, coming is a alcoholic fermentation and malolactic fermentation. Right. It's for me, the carbonic gas is very important. It's a big, big protect for the white wine. Yeah. With batonnage, the carbonic gas escape in the, from the barrels. Right. And the oxygen go in the barrels. Right, so it so it oxidizes when it, you oxidation premox, it's in the barrels. Never, never in the bottle. In the barrels. Okay, let's um, let's explain that a little bit more, uh, because this is a, a big debate in Burgundy right now. Is is that correct? Where you have alcoholic fermentation that produces carbon dioxide, Absolutely. and then uh, a lot of producers will stir the lees. And then that carbon dioxide uh, will escape, and then you do not, then you disrupt your blanket of carbon dioxide uh, above the wine, right? And so that acts as a protecting. So you have this um, oxidation, and so you want to avoid that oxidation in the barrel um, at all costs. Is that is that correct? Exactly. The second element is for the premox is a more new oak. No good for the Chardonnay. Right, right. After the, in the bottle, so late. But for me, one year, 12, 12 months for me in the, in the barrels is perfect. After, big problem for Primox. Okay, so you'll, you'll start to get an oxidation after one year. So you keep it up to a year. Absolutely. The first element is very important. Pick up the grape so late. The element very important in, for the white wine is the acidity, right. energy. Yeah. No energy, <laughs> sure, premox. So the wines that go through this premox are, are, are picked a little bit riper and they have a little less acidity, is that correct? Yes. Okay. In Burgundy, it's very interesting. When pick up the grape, normally I am the first. All, all yours. Other, other winemaker, oh, Boyo cup the grape. Tomorrow, cup the grape. <laughs> so they'll use you as a, um, as, as a way to gauge whether, the, whether it's ripe or not for, for them. It's very important. The Chardonnay, the big, the big, big, big element is the acidity, freshness, minerality. No, no, no rich, no rich. Right. No rich. So where is the, but there is still a moment where you know that the grapes should be harvested. It's not just pick sooner. That's not the answer to everything, right? It 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 still has to have. How do you gauge that amount of ripeness that you want to achieve in flavor? Uh, because then the the debate could be, well, why don't if you just want higher acid, just pick earlier and earlier and earlier? Correct. Correct. For me, it's a very important is energy. Mm. The aroma, the major aroma for the white wine, it, it uh, white flower is very freshness, good minerality. No, no, the white wine is pure for me. Mm -hmm. Pure, it's very important. Right, and is that at that point can you distinguish between the different terroirs that you're dealing with a little bit better, or? Um, because I would imagine you need some level no. of ripeness in order to tell the terroirs apart. The different wine issue the different terroirs, the same process. Right. It's different is the soil, only the soil. Yeah. The same weather, the same, the same uh, process, the same uh, plant, <laughs> only change the soil. The soil. The Burgundy is in... Mosaic, on dit en français. Mosaïque. Is mosaic. Yeah. 
It is. So, so we mentioned this, these 30 different white wines or 30 wines in general. How can you talk about some of your favorite vineyards? First of all, how many single Liu Di or, or single plots do you keep separately? Because you'll have regional Bourgogne Blanc, mm -hmm. and then do you make uh, Pouligny Montrachet Mont 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 and Merceau, right? And these are two villages that are really known for, for white wines. Uh, and then within those, how many single vineyards do you uh, keep apart and make wines from that single vineyard? For the Pouligny village? Or in total? Combien de premiers cru il y a? Pouligny village, il y a five premier cru. Meursault, I have four premier cru. Après, after, uh, five grand cru. Five Grand Cru. Après, Pudigny Village, Meursault Village, and Bourgogne Classic, Generic. And so those are the kind of the bigger regional wines, and then you make these Premier Cru vineyards. Uh, Only parcel for the Premier Cru. Only. Right, right. For the village, for Pudigny Village, five parcel. It's very important for the village, different era, for the original uh, Conception of the village. Yeah. The, the first crew is it's here for the definition the terroir. Right. Well, can you give us an example of some of the different terroirs, some of the different soils that give you different flavors in various premier crew? As a, for me, it's a very important. Is is my domain is the Punic Montrachet Claude la Mouchère. It's the first crew. It's a monopolies. It's the biggest monopolies in the Burgundy. Uh, and you own this. So uh, a, a uh, monopole uh, is yes, where it's you... it's four hectares. Four hectares. Uh, different era in the four hectares is a different wine. And uh, then you put them together. Yes. You blend them together. Also, different wine. But as assembly. With the assembly. Yeah. The same wine. All normal. The soil is very, very, very different. Hmm. 50 meters change soil. 50 meters. 15. Um, it's very important. Pulini village, my, my winery in Pulini village, three meters next, Batard Moraché. Wow. Big difference. Yeah. Grand Cru, three meters. So you have, so in your plot, you have three meters away mm. is a Grand Cru. Mm. And you see the flavor change drastically, right? Absolutely. Yeah. The flavor, and because the soil change. Right. Yeah. How, what, what, why is there this mosaic of different soils? Why are there so many different no, soils? It's a very classical soil. Uh, in Burgundy, only argilo calcaire. Only, only. But the calcaire is very, very pure in puligny Montrachet. Calcaire, very yellow in Meursault. Chastain is very, very black calcaire. It's different. It's different. But all this this calcareous soils, which which really is amazing the for white wines. The calcare in Burgundy is very important. And yeah. for the, the the red wine for the Côte de Nuit is a very important argile. Yeah, and that's clay. Yeah, yeah. Clovougeau is perfect for the the beautiful argile in the Clovougeau. So that's what makes the that's what makes the beauty of the Côte de Nuit for red wines is the clay and the calcareous soils for whites. In no, no, the Côte de Bonne. No good white wine in Clougeau. No good. Right, right, right. No good red wine in Puligny-Montrachet. Montrachet red wine is bad. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. So when you make red wine, you, so you, you do have 30% uh, of your wine that you make is red, but you go to Volnay, right? A little bit in the north? Uh, Volnay is a very small village in the Côte de Bonne. Uh, three uh, three hundred hectare, only uh, fifteen hundred uh, premier cru. And Volnay, the particularity of Volnay is uh, very elegant, very pure, and similar with uh, Chambol Musigny Côte de Nuit. Two villages in Burgundy, the very pure, elegant, delicate wine. Yeah. Yeah. The solid. Very, very similar. Right. So, and. But no, no white wine in Volnay. Interdiction. Never white wine in Volnay. It's Chambol Musigny. It's possible with the Musigny white. 
and so and and then the soils of Volnay, you 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 do see um, more of the clay that, and that is what dictates the Pinot Noir. The soil is uh, in Volnay, the color is red. Yeah, from the iron, right? Very pure, very very light soil. Yeah. And, the, and the wine is very delicate. In Pomar, the soil is very uh, lourd, so flat, heavy, er, heavy, heavy. The Pomar. The soil is heavy. The wine is <laughs> fat and heavy. <laughs> People bulky, can't see. Yeah, bulky wine. <laughs> well, if you're just I, I, I prefer Volnay. You prefer for absolutely. the elegance of yeah. If you're just tuning in, uh, we are talking here with Henri Boyot and Michel Thibault. Uh, Henri is here visiting from uh, Pouligny Montrachet in Burgundy and talking about his white wines from Pouligny Montrachet and Merceau and his red wines from Volnay and the pleasure that it is to be making wine in Burgundy. Uh, so thank you so much for, for tuning in and thank you to you guys for, for coming. Um, Michelle, I'd like you, can I have you chime in and talk about your first impressions with uh, Henri's wines and how you got to, to know him? Sure. Well, <clears throat> we, uh, Marla and I, Marla present here, uh, Marla and I um, were always fans of uh, Henri's wines. We, uh, <clears throat> we used to taste them uh, when we uh, both lived in Florida. And uh, what impressed us again, uh, as I chime in, is uh, uh, this perfection and purity of taste that was so pleasant for us. And uh, um, I always mention the fact that uh, once we went to to taste wine at this place in Merceau, and that uh, after tasting the wines, we were just, we thought they were so fragile and beautiful. We then left his establishment drove on the Grand Cru Road, and we're just, it's almost as if we were high. <laughs> we had just, just a, some awakening to, uh, uh, to burgundy wines that we had never experienced before. Wow. Marla, can I have you chime in as well as, and as to that experience? You, you write uh, for um, Travel Curious, Curious Often, often and uh, wonderful. I love following, um, following many of your journeys. W- what was that for you? Well, it was it was the first time I had ever met Ari in person, so I was you know just blown away by how um, in uh, sort of his own laid back way he's very intense and passionate about the wine that always comes through even though he's you know very cool, and uh, and he spent so much time with us. He was so generous with his time. We were with him probably an hour and a half, and he was just opening all these amazing things, and we were sampling and. And he would go through, you know, with us bit by bit, um, bottle by bottle. And it was, it was, it was, it was just, we were were like giddy kids afterwards. (laughs) We were just, uh, we really spent an hour and a half with Ari Boyo and and it was so miraculous. Well, Burgundy is such this this puzzle. Uh, we, we, We often refer to it as a puzzle because it's trying to make sense of, uh, the soil type and how it expresses itself in the wine, and then it's a moving target as it ages, right? That, oh, that, uh, that, the, the aging. Uh, you know, we, uh, uh, with some friends, we uh, drank some uh, Montrachet from uh, 08, which was still a baby, but the wine had, uh, had become grandiose. I mean, uh, um, nothing like, you know, uh, uh, like it was before, and not that it wasn't great, but suddenly it had just exploded in colors and style, and uh, my buddies who were not uh, winophile, if you will, were just, they could recognize it. It's just the, the talent was just there. And, and I mean, these wines are just exceptional. <laughs> and, and they have that. From your uh, standpoint, from also tasting a lot of Burgundy, they do have what, what Henri was talking about, this precision, right? And that, That's exactly it. Uh, you, you have wines that are just... Um, they're never over the top. You, you don't. Uh, you don't ever feel uh, a wood. Yeah. You don't ever feel. Uh, uh, you, uh, you feel slight nuances that just carry you uh, somewhere. And uh, what's amazing to me is uh, the Bourgogne Blanc, uh, twenty bucks wine, is just uh, that. Is, it's really amazing. The the quality is in there. This is declassified fruit, but uh, uh, I mean I don't know of a better uh, white wine for twenty bucks. Yeah, and. 
and and at that price point it gives that 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 approachability the pleasure as what you, what you say and sometimes in burgundy i think that we forget the wine has to be pleasurable right it's it's such an intellectual thing that uh it still does have to strike us as just being delicious right it does and, and and each Good bottle uh, um you know often you 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 I, I'm, I've tasted a lot of uh, white burgundies, Bourgogne blancs, and uh, they are, you know, some of them are different style, but this is one that's just always pleasing to me. I just, uh, uh, you know, uh, the fruit shines, but it, it's mineral, it's, uh, you know, it, it's that balance that exists there, and so it's so easy to sell. Yeah. Henri, let's talk uh, back with the difference between the Premier Cru and and then you, you have the Grand Cru too. Which Grand Cru's for whites? Let's let's focus in on the whites, um, and then how how would you, in your words, describe the differences? And um, and and we might, you know, I do want a little poet uh, poetic touches here, so we might uh, feel free to throw in any French. <laughs> <laughs> Today's a big difference is the price. <laughs> the sole is no 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 big difference with the sole. The the Grand Cru is very 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 large wine, very for for, for the drink Grand Cru ten years. Right. So you before it's, this big, 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 big problem. Right. So, so it, the, it would be a shame it, to drink it young. Yes. In Burgundy, Burgundy generic drink two years, village drink five, six years, first cru, eight, ten years after Grand Cru. Yeah. It's a good, good moment. Right. And and how how is the wine changing and developing? For f- some listeners, might not have had ten year old. Uh, white burgundy and of course you know we're talking about chardonnay but this is chardonnay that can age for a really long time how does it change in in the glass after that time the the old white wine in burgundy white wine chardonnay the difference the nose is a one the nose is very important the 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 old wine in burgundy the mushroom the nose is mushroom Last week, with my customer, a Japanese customer, I taste Claude Lamouchère, Puligny Montrachet, 61. Very fresh. Very fresh. No problem. <laughs> with the cork, original cork, on, very important. Fresh, pure. No problem, this wine, 20 years. Another 20 years ago. The big go. problem for the white wine is five years. No premox, no problem. Right. The premox is normally three years in bottle, in bottle, sorry, premox. After, perfect. After five years, you find out. Uh, it's, <laughs> if he passes that five-year barrier, it's okay. Premox develop, developing, de- de- development, mm-hmm. three years in bottle. See no prob- no problem after three years the wine is perfect for, for 10, 15, 20 years. It's no problem. Right. The premax in the barrel is uh, the big uh, error winemaker. <laughs> it's no natural premax. It's the error. The very important the press. Very important. Right. Today the two years vertical press. The, the juice is very pure and the color is green. The traditional press, horizontal press, right. the same, the different technique, but the juice, after two hours press, the color of juice is brown. The oxidation is here. Two years, two, two hours. Wow. The same juice in the barrels, the, with the gas carbonic, with the fermentation, it's no problem. With batonnage, oxygen, gas carbonic, carbonic gas is finished. After big new oak, mm-hmm. big problem. Very long élevage. 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 Very long. For me, 10 12 months is perfect after big problem 
Yeah. It's the same problem, Burgund generic or Grand Cru. Because Chardonnay. Right. But you, but you saw in your lifetime, you saw a trend for this Primox occurring around you, other winemakers, right? Uh, it, it wasn't too long ago. Absolutely. Me, never Primox. Uh, certain uh, winemaker, uh, no name today, <laughs> no name. The big problem, Primox. It's very, it's, it's no, it's normal, no, right. no, incredible. And the, then, the, the wine is very, very expensive. Three years in the bottle, the, the wine is, is dead. And, and, and so now we're starting to see you're tasting a lot of dead wines that have gone through this, this process, right? That's why you're worried about it. The process for the when for the vinification for the white wine is very important. Right. Very important. Very important is carbonic gas, carbonic gas, carbonic. It's natural. Right. It's a big gas. It's a protect Chardonnay. No gas carbonic for the Chardonnay. Big problem. Right. And then the batonnage. After sixty, in the sixty years. Never batonnage, never barrel in Burgundy, no Primox. Right. The, the first time in the Primox in Burgundy, so for on the white wine is uh, 80, 90, because 100% New Oak, two batonnage for week, no gas carbonic, big problem. Yeah. What, and, and so, uh, do you have your son saying that he wants to, uh, to use different techniques? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Technique is very important. It's the, the style, the family style. Right. Very, and he understands that. Absolutely. Style is very important. Today, my son, Guillaume, Benifiai is red wine only. Right, right, right. Et father, Luke. <laughs> is, is, is it easier to make red wine than it is to make the white burgundy? Um, I love uh, I love vinifiable red wine. Right. And white is very, very important for me. My son, today, I prefer red wine. White, uh, very difficult. Father is uh, very difficult. <laughs> no problem for me because I am very young. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about with the red wines and before we'll we'll take a short break here in a second but um I'd like you to talk do you employ um punch downs the pigeage absolutely classical classical classic. vinification yeah pigeage classical uh, con temperature control uh is classical three week for the fermentation Classic, classic. Just the classic, because sometimes I'm I'm frustrated in Burgundy that uh, people always say that oh traditional classic method and, and then move on. But there's so many variables that you do have to, um, you know, you no, have to. The very important is the the pick up the grapes. It's a good moment. Right. And do you do that that same thing with the reds, or do you harvest them? Uh, earlier than almost everybody, uh, and and does that have, or do you decide different things when you're making red wine? For the no, for me, pick up the white wine. After two weeks, pick the red wine. The different the, for the white wine is the acidity. For the red wine is the maturity. Right. Change, big problem. <laughs> white maturity on the red acidity no good no good right for the tannin is very important for the red wine acidity yeah. for the white wine for the red wine is a tannin is is very tannin silky is very important but it's also possible to have too much ripeness uh some burgundy that, that i taste is is possible to have um, almost hot, pretty high alcohol, and uh, that's possible. So you really need to pick the exact moment. Exact moment. The, the alcohol is the same. Is the, the, the very for the red wine is the tannin. Okay. Alcohol is no important. Tannin, tannin, 
maturity tanning is very important. Well, let's take let's take a short break here. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. My name is Mark Rayshap, and this is another bottle down here with uh, with Henri Boyot. And of course, we have Michelle and Marla uh, Thibault wine. You can uh, check out more information at michellethibaultwine.com. Let's take a short break. I, I want to go back to if somebody is studying Pouligny Montrachet and Volnay, what, what are some of the most, uh, or very interested in the wines? What are um, what are some of the most important premier crew uh, and and grand crew and you, maybe your favorites? Um, just personally, you must have within your thirty children. You must have some that that really. My, no, f- f- my favorite wine in Pouligny Montrachet is the Claude Lamouchère, because it's a monopoly, right. very important. And uh, for Volney, uh, for me, I, I like uh, premier cru les Caillerets. The very pure, yeah. great wine. Yeah. The next, next, Grand Cru. <laughs> right. Maybe. Ten years with uh, Pomar Rugien and Volnay-Cairé, maybe Grand Cru. Are, are they are thinking about promoting it, right? Mm-hmm. I read something about this. But for me, the very important is Claude Lamouche Grand Cru. Because one proprietor, only... Only proprietor, only one proprietor right. is very important. <laughs> and the, you said the, the Bourgogne, the Bourgogne winemaker in Burgundy, very, very jaloux, comment dit? Jealous. 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 <laughs> yeah. And that, and that is four hectares that, that belongs only to you. How much, how much, how much wine do you make from that? From the four hectares, right? How many production? Yeah. 80 barrels. 80 barrels. 80 barrels, uh, 24,000 bottles. Wow. So that's a pretty, that's a fair amount. That's the biggest, from, it's from the biggest monopoly crew. for the white wine in Burgundy. In the, all of Burgundy, and you yes. own it. All right. Good, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't get Big, enough of it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> thank, thank you, grandfather. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, and can can we talk a little bit about? Um, so you do your, your the same production all the time, uh, and what really differentiates the wine is the soil type, the 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 vineyard, and also the vintage and the the year that it, that it's produced. Right now, so you're a year in barrel, so you're selling twenty uh, fifteens now for or no sixteen twenty sixteens now, uh, and those are just just coming out. Uh, even from for the Grand Cru's, right? Um, what what can you tell us about uh, 2016? And maybe we can talk about a few vintages prior to that. Uh, 2016 for the white wine is a, is a great vintage, very small production because uh, the froze. Right. So the frost. Crazy. How how does that affect the vines and uh, what 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 is what is the result? For the froze? Yeah. I don't know. Incredible. In 2060, the froze. The Morache froze. The first time, the Morache froze. And the Puligny village normally froze. No froze. Differ- I don't know. It- so with the frost, th- this was the f- one of the first times that, that Le Montrachet, the mm-hmm. Grand Cru Le Montrachet, had frost damage. Yes. Wow. First time. Because typically Three. the Grand Cru's are situated in a it's good the, place. The, the good place, no froze. Right. Wow, so it was bad. Yeah. What, um, Incredible. And, and so would you have uh, certain vines that just didn't produce anything, or would you have maybe sometimes a vine that had only one shoot that, that was... Uh, how, how did that... How did that um, how did that work? Did because the, the the yield? What I'm trying to get at is sometimes when you have uh, lesser fruit, you can have a higher quality because more flavor goes into that. But it's different with frost. No, the frost is no problem. The, the big quality. The, the problem for me is the hail. No frost. Okay. The frost is, is no problem for the so wine quality. 
2016, for me, I compare 2016 with uh, 2010. Really, in terms yes, of quality? freshness, so pure, pricey, very, very big, big, big vintage. Yeah. What, what, it, what it's told me in a, uh, recently was that while frost is obviously a problem, if he had to choose between frost and hail, way frost. Right. Because... Uh, you don't have the rot issues that if that if you have hail come during the ripening problem, you have a lot of rot issues, right? Mildew and is that correct? Absolutely, the malady is uh, with the hail is a big problem. Yeah. After the hail, the, the big problem. The froze is no problem, right? You just so wind up. I with prefer less. the froze, <laughs> right? You, you just wind up with less fruit, right? After the frost. And and that has been how many years has frost really affected Burgundy in a in a bad way? Many la, years. La, last year in Burgundy is uh, for the frost two thousand three. Very small, small, and the big big years for the frost in Burgundy ninety ninety one. Ninety one. Ninety one after uh, 80, 86, 87. So not too bad. Ninety one, big. Wow. The same, but no grand cru. Only village, on, only. Okay. So not too bad. Uh, certainly not compared to Chablis, which gets hit oh, gosh. every other yeah. year, yeah. it seems. Right. And that, that is that. So, and that's how nature has uh, dictated that Burgundy is a special place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what, um, so, so, so 2016, really a high quality for you, right? What, what about 2015? Um, and and I, I hear a lot of amazing things about the t- the 15s too. But the, the difference on 20, 2016 and twenty fifteen is uh, is uh, the weather. The sixteen the weather is typically burgundy. The rain, the wind, the sun. On the fifteen, only sun. Three uh-huh. months. Right. California wine. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. And very, that, rich, very rich, very rich, very rich uh, for the white wine. No good acidity, no fresh, yeah. no freshness. Right, and that is for really the red wine. Fifteen is good. The, the tannin is very, very, very silky, very pure. But I prefer two thousand sixteen. Very good energy. Yeah. What about um, and? and f- 14, if we go back for a couple of years, what did, how do you feel about uh, 14? 14? And do you feel like your wines go through a period where uh, they're a little dumb, where, where the flavors become muted, and then you have to wait through that period to have an expressive wine? Or is that... Um, uh, 14, 14 for the white wine, it's for me, uh, the big, big, big vintage. The, the weather... With the same uh, 16. So classic burgundy. Classic, classic, classic weather. The difference for 14 is uh, the fresh, the, the very uh, rectiline. Uh, it's a straight uh, yes. uh, laser. Yeah, like a laser, yeah. In terms of acidity and in terms of mouthfeel, palate. Very straight line. Yeah, great one, but not linear. We we don't want to say simple. We want to say structured and 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 really clean, clean, clean. Mm-hmm. pure, clean, big acidity, great white wine. Yeah, good white, good red wine for uh, in uh, fourteen. Fourteen as well, right? But fourteen is a great years for the white wine in the French. All vineyard French white wine is yeah. perfect. Bordeaux, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Champagne. Rhone Valley, white, Alsace, exception. For the white, 14 is perfect. The yeah. weather is perfect. The, 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 the nice weather for the white wine is perfect for the white. For the red, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no out. Great, great wine, great white wine, no out. For the red, more hot is perfect. It's a yeah. complex burgundy, right. very so, complex. So you didn't have the heat in 2014 to really ripen fully the tannins. So, so does, does that then um, result in wines that you need to age a little longer before you even start opening them? 
Oh, the difference is too weak for the cup, the grape, for the tannin. No, but then, but then it might need some more bottle age to then have the tannins. If they're more harsh in the in its youth, you might need to age them a little longer. Is that? Would you say that? In the barrels. In the bottle. In the bottle. Yeah. In the barrels for the red wine. 14, 14 months. Okay. Very uh, more more long. No, for me, forty months only. Other winemaker, uh, 80, 80 months. Eighteen months, yeah. For me, very important for white and red, freshness, freshness, freshness. Yeah, yeah. Um, when uh, I'd like to ask you um, a question, somewhat not related to Burgundy, but uh, what wines are you intrigued with outside of Burgundy? Do you have any favorites that you always buy a little bit of uh, to to just see what they're doing? Uh, in French, in French, uh, Rhone Valley. Yeah, and uh, in Italian, Piedmont. Piedmont, yeah. Because uh, Piedmont and Burgundy is a cousin, right? The same, the same soil, the same culture. A nebulous for me is a great, great. Right. And you know, in, in Piedmont, they are collecting Burgundy too. Mm. <laughs> what about Champagne? The same you... job, Piedmont and Burgundy. Yeah, the job is to express the soil. The and... soil, the, the, the same. Yeah. And Rhone Valley is the same aussi. The soil is very important in Rhone Valley. Yeah. Dude, um, about champagne, people in Burgundy and Champagne as always have always fought and uh, vied for for the the top uh, spot for Chardonnay. Do you, how is it seen nowadays? Is there still a rivalry between Burgundy and Champagne? Do you? Are, are... Ah, it's it's very important. It's very interesting. It, the Champagne and Burgundy today. The Champagne is is uh, the culture is parcellaire. Is the short production is for wine vineyard era. The tipi, the same uh, the same process today Burgundy and Champagne for the white. It's very interesting. Very, very small producer in Champagne. The, the same process. And today I like Celos. Uh, yeah. Uh, the very short production, very, very very pure for me. So, so the, the great the great house of champagne uh, is the champagne technique. Yeah. So so just to explain that a little bit more is that the there's a movement now to have smaller producers come out, and that's kind of similar to the champagne style, and. Uh, if if we were a hundred years ago, you wouldn't see single vineyard champagnes, and now there's a lot. Is that what you're referring to? Uh, the, 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 cha- the, the challenge in the process in Champagne is because the Soon family, for student in Bone in Burgundy, I look the the conception on the the job in in Burgundy. Go back in Champagne, the same. It, ça fait 20 ans, 20 years, the change in Champagne. Today, very important. I like Champagne today. Before, very right. Well, but, take but, gross, big houses, big houses, and and a and a desire. Today, very small production in Champagne, very interesting. Right. And even the large houses are uh, putting bottlings of single vineyards, and that's interesting as well. Um, what? How do you see Burgundy evolving? I mean, I think that the image that we give is that traditional, traditional techniques, single vineyard plots. How? How is is there anything that's that's changing, or um, is 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 it just? Getting to know that legacy. Do you see more and more people knowing the the Premier Crew and the Grand Crew? Do you see people losing knowledge of the Grand Crew, the Premier Crew? What what are the challenges of understanding Burgundy? The climate, the weather change, yeah, yeah. the big problem, huge, and that's what people are talking about. The years very hot, very hot, very hot, very big problem. Yeah. 
change the cultural system is very important. So how is how is how are winemakers? How are you dealing with climate change? I mean, are we going to ever see Syrah planted in uh, <laughs> in, in in the Côte de, Côte de Nuit? Uh, maybe the thirsty thirsty years the climate change will very beaucoup uh, yeah a lot a lot, a lot. Syrah yeah. in the Chardonnay no interesting <laughs> no interesting no. change mod, f- today the winemaker change the cultural mode the big the height wine height plant yeah so, so normal in Burgundy uh, one meter the, the 13 centimeters Height. Today, one meter, 15 centimeters for the l'ombre. To get more shadow. Yeah. So, so, so they are, so they're training the vines mm. higher up and higher off of the ground mm. and, and to get more shade. And also you're probably further away from the radiating heat of, mm. of, exactly. of the ground, right? So that, so currently that's how winemakers are battling global uh, climate change and, and global warming. The new challenge. Yeah. Is, no, um, ch- no chance traditional uh, produce for the, for, for the winemaker. Today, challenge for the cultural system. Yeah. Very important. No change, big problem. Is there a, um, is there a movement to, to put any... any uh, kind of mulch or something that protects the the vineyard soils from from being too hot is that i've seen that done in very warm areas as well but um all all of now say think the same all the big problem yeah 15 15 uh, very important the, the, the odd, i I like not the, the, the hot years. Right. No, no. <laughs> for for the fut, fut, future generation is a big problem. Yeah. For it, my son. Mm. Because you had to give us an idea when, when would your grandfather harvest the the grapes or the good moment for you for. This. The years for grandfather and my father is a good moment in Burgundy. Technical is perfect, uh, no problem, no legislation. is very cool business. October. October. Right. October. Uh, for now, both Chardonnay and uh, Pinot Noir. Uh, and now August. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fifty, forty years, cup the grape, October today, August. Yeah, six week difference. Cal, forty years. Wow, very dangerous. So, and I'm thinking that it, there might be an opportunity um, to to uh, work more. You know, we were talking about maybe Syrah is a bad example, but uh, maybe uh, Aligote or something like that with a lot of acidity might uh, be be blended in with the wines uh, in the future. No, no, no. Aligote in Burgundy is finished. It's it's finished. finished. The weather is no good for the for Aligote. It's finished today. Yeah. Impossible. Finish. The, the last year in for Aligote, uh, 14. So that requires a cooler 15, air. finish. The plant, Chardonnay. And that's just because you can make so much more money, right? Yeah. yeah. No, no good weather for Aligote. And what about for... Um, uh, like Gamay or uh, some grapes that might go into the Gamay, Pastu ground. G- Paris finish, no finish. So Gamay only only Beaujolais today. Yeah, the good. I prefer Pinot. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
what how do you feel what what is the the discussion on age of the vines is there for your vineyards the some of the the um the the you know when the vines are too young they're maybe not they're more vigorous the quality's a little bit less for your vineyards is there that 40 to 60 year old magic uh no, the, spot or the new vineyard is is, uh, is no problem for the white wine no problem but for the red wine 20 years before no 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 good because the, the racine the roots the roots so they need to go yes. down so the roots need to uh need to go down and for so the chardonnay is no problem no, you can. Right. So you can produce a world-class wine from red, very important five-year-old Chardonnay vines, and without a problem. Mm. Okay. Um, there was a there was a quote recently about um, about uh, some uh, an expert in, of Burgundy preferring uh, village hundred-year-old vines as opposed to Grand Cru three-year-old vines. Um, you know that concept of uh, lower production and uh, etc. But um, but for you, as long as it's twenty years or more, the reds they do they start to become a problem, and you have to replant them. Absolutely. Yeah. At what age is is that about? Claude Lamouchère today, uh, seventy five years. It's no problem. No problem. Yeah. No problem. But but getting better. I mean, you don't want to you don't want to replant that the those. Other winer, the forty years is uh, is finished because. Uh, the, the, the bad plant, Claude Lamouchère is perfect. Right. Because they're... Normally, the, Claude Lamouchère, 100 years. Yeah. I, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you have a, a vineyard management where you, mm. you, every year you take out a percentage? Absolutely. Can you... Can you uh, Speak more to that. Every year you you replant some vines. Absolutely, every year we plant various plots. Yes, How, and and that's just to do you replant them with um, with vines that from from Claude de Moucher or no 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 Claude de Moucher today all other vineyard but Claude de Moucher today is the, the, the same, same plant uh, for my grandfather the same plant right. But you could three generation, the same. But, but you could take uh, the the material, the material, and plant it in other areas, right? Um, to to kind of as a, use that as a mother vine. Mother, graft uh, it, graft it. Uh, uh, the planter the 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 vine that were cloned. No, I do. No, yes, I do. 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 So you do the, use yes, the new plantation for the white wine comes the from. same plant Claude Lamouchère, right. right? And you know that yes. that's a strong vineyard. It's very and, perfect. Yeah, and on the, for the red wine, the similar uh, old vineyard and Volnay-Cayré as a new plantation is uh, Massal comes from yes. that Cayré. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, um, it's a memory family. Yeah, that's a, it's a really great concept because. Um, you even though it's all Pinot Noir or Chardonnay, there you are uh, propagating the genetic material that's on your land, and your neighbor on a different soil might be propagating different vines and different genetic material. The same plant, the different soil, right. different wine. Yeah, the same plant in Volnay-Cayré and Clouveau, different wine. Totally different. Yeah. The same plan in the Claude Lamouchère and the Puligny village is different wine. Right. The soil in Burgundy, soil, 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 only. The same weather, very short Burgundy, 30, 35, uh, 100 kilometers. <laughs> the same weather, the same weather. Right, right. The Such soil. a small place. Burgundy is a pupitre. Same. mosaic <laughs> right and he's, he's uh, pointing to the, the soundboard <laughs> um, he's going to start uh, replanting the, the buttons on the soundboard <laughs> uh, 
Um, well, this has been a, a real pleasure, Amri. Uh, Thank you. Any final concepts? Did we miss anything? Well, <clears throat> don't ask me for any of Amri's wines because uh, we're essentially sold out. <laughs> we actually saved a little bit of wine for uh, His two, visit. two wine dinners that we're doing in Louisiana next week. Uh, we'll probably have a little bit of wine left. Uh, we'll see. And if so, just inquire with us, you know, at michelthibaudwine.com. So we'll uh, we'll see what's available. But uh, if you get the opportunity, whether from us or from somewhere else, you need to try his wine. Yeah. The uh, uh, again, the, uh, uh, the 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 just the quality, just enormous. Uh, um. Well, the the you can definitely tell his passion from uh, you know an, an understanding and also uh, you know this concept of of being really firm in in how he he makes the wine without. Uh, Premox and 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 that is um, that whole concept is it, you can tell that the wines are going to be amazing because your personality um, you, you you're passionate about the wines. Uh, thank you, Marla, Michelle. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you for bringing Henri into the co-op studios. Uh, it's always a pleasure to hang out with you guys. Well, thanks you for too, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> and Henri Boyot, thank you so much for, for being here. You've traveled a long way. Um, I hope that pr has pruning been pruning is done, right? And then you can travel a little bit uh, before uh, bud break, right? In a couple weeks, maybe. Um, and let's hope that there's no frosts. Um, or maybe a little frost. Uh, no let's, hail. Uh, let's hope that there's <laughs> no, no frost, hail. no hail for 2018. 2018. Thank <laughs> okay. you so much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. This has been another Bottle Down, and my name is Mark Rayshep. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>